Good morning and welcome to Moment of Truth and Element FM. And you are listening in Toronto and Ottawa. 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. You could also be listening on the Radio Player Canada app anywhere across the country. If you have downloaded that app and type in 95.7 ELMNTFM or 106.5 ELMNTFM and you can be listening on your device of choice or you can let someone else you know that might be outside the listening area that they can do that and they can type in those coordinates and they can listen as well. I'd just like to remind you that also if you have missed one of our previous uh, uh, Moment of Truth sessions, you can go to our website and they are available on our website. So uh, don't fear if you've missed something you want to catch or you know of something that, that someone may have told you about or that uh, someone participated in and you want to go hear that, just go to our website and you can download, or not download so much as listen. So, welcome to the show. In the studio with me this morning, I have Leanna Kanzi, and she is the Communications and Research Coordinator for Toronto Council Fire Native Culture Centre. And it's a pleasure to have her back in, because she was in a while back, weren't you? Yeah, I think it's it was last while. fall, maybe. Yeah. So it's great to have you back. Thank you. And it's great to see the stuff that is going on and the continuing work that you guys are doing. And that's what you're here to tell us about, a little bit of those things that are coming up, because summertime is always a busy time, isn't yes. it, for things like this. <laughs> so uh, what's going on? What uh, what have you got happening? We are having our second annual IRSS Legacy Celebration. IRSS stands for Indian Residential School Survivors. And... This event is happening in July 29th and 30th. Yes. It's a Monday and a Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, a full day event uh, to celebrate Indigenous diversity, different cultures, traditions, performances, as well as honoring residential school survivors. So we're inviting um, former students of residential school and day schools. And you said second, is that right? Yeah, so the you second. Had, you had one last year? We I had one. That was the, the one I was at last year as yes. well, right? Uh, we had a, one in October. And the idea was to have an event, uh, create awareness and promotion for the upcoming space at mm-hmm. Nathan Phillips Square, uh, down, just right in front yep. of City Hall, downtown yep. Toronto. Yep. Uh, the space is called the Teaching, Learning, Sharing, and Healing Space. Mm-hmm. Uh, that corner will have a turtle sculpture uh, that's nine feet tall to uh, recognize and honor the survivors. And the turtle's climbing over a boulder. So the boulder will list the 17 Ontario residential schools that once operated, um, among among many other symbols and storytelling items. The Nookshug Canoe Voyager, Mm. Three Sisters Sculpture, a lodge, so a very um, open access space um, available for gatherings, other events uh, for Toronto new visitors and tourists who, who are interested now, that's supposed to be completed in 2020, correct? 2021. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> now, I know there was some some setbacks because uh, I think possibly part of that pushback or, or, or the delay was because they had to reinforce the the base uh, of where that turtle is going to go because it's no light uh, object. It weighs a lot. Mm-hmm. It weighs 10 tons. So yeah. the tr- uh, city of Toronto is responsible for uh, cr- the under layer. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, and it's right above the underground parking, parking lot, yeah. <laughs> so we have to make sure it's all secure, and then we could start construction on our the top layer. For yeah. Now, now last year it was unveiled. The turtle sculpture was unveiled, so we saw what that looked like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, people can go to the website and, and see that. Correct? Yes. Uh, this year the turtle is coming back. Mm-hmm. 
uh, just a, a mock yes. as well. But it's a it's a large mock up. Yes. Is is it original size? Is it like the size that it will be, or is it? Uh, it's a. It'll be bigger. The the um, the, the finished one. The finished uh, one. Yeah, so it's okay. nine feet tall. Yeah. Uh, and the turtle's coming back this year, and the new addition is uh, seeing the decals on mm. the okay. boulder. Yeah, so yeah. seeing all the uh, oh, schools. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pretty cool. So if you want to check that out, you can actually go to the uh, Toronto Council Fire website and and have a look at that. And that is councilfire.ca if you want to check that out online. And you can also go to the irsslegacy.com site which uh, you can see it there as well, yes, and, yes. and more details about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe there was. Is there a video of the of what's going to what it's going to look like? Finish. Yes, yeah. uh, on the main um, homepage of the mm-hmm. rsslegacy.com, right. uh, there's a fly through of. Right. Um, it was created one by our designer, mm-hmm. and it shows you the space, how it looks like in the night, the night lighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, walks you th- uh, around the lodge. So it's mm-hmm. a very interactive, mm-hmm. interesting video to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you guys can, uh, so people can go there and check that out. Um, so with this upcoming event that you're talking about uh, in July, right, uh, 29th and 30th, are, are there more details you want to share about that? Well, you've it, got, I mean, there's a lot on the, if you go to the website, actually, you've got a lot of details yes. that list here. But just uh, from the handouts you've given, uh, there's... Uh, it's going to be, of course, dancing, drumming, storytelling, workshops, movie night. What's going on in movie night? Uh, last year we featured Indian Horses Movie Night, oh, yeah. and that was a really well-attended event. Yeah. Yeah. And we were lucky enough that it was complete silent and mm. a good weather. Mm. Uh, this year we're showing We Were Children. It's a documentary. So uh, that's a, a very educational and um, creating a lot of awareness with that movie. I, yes, I've mm-hmm. seen a part of it. Mm-hmm. Even the trailer is so unbelievable. I, I'm, I'm just going to give people a heads up. Mm-hmm. It's it's tough. It's yes. a tough film to watch. Mm-hmm. So be prepared. Yeah. Uh, now, I you know the other thing I hear a lot about with this kind of kind of thing is uh, is having uh, people on hand that might be able to deal with that people that because it might be triggered yes. might trigger people. So will mm-hmm. there be people on hand or numbers that, that people can call if they need to? Yes, uh, we have health supports available mm-hmm. on site, so mm-hmm. there'll be. Um, available throughout the whole event. We have a dedicated survivor's tent mm-hmm. as well as four teepees mm-hmm. and a longhouse uh, structure for counseling. Right. So we'll have elders on hand and uh, medicine. So we're there to see um, and help people mm-hmm. support. And, and it goes without saying that I, I think a lot of these these things that that, uh, that take place, I mean, you know, we were talking uh, with someone from Imaginative yesterday and, mm-hmm. and they they also uh, take these these precautionary members in case films can trigger people and and it's it's nice to know that that uh, is being thought of because it it is a real uh, it is something that is still very fresh in people's minds yeah. and, uh, and and so close to so, so many people and that is going to be happening July 29th and 30th at Nathan Phillips Square in Toronto yes that's basically City Hall right mm-hmm. out in front it's a great spot for that isn't yeah it? it's really good. Uh, do you know what's going on with the sign out there, the Toronto sign with the with the um, medicine wheel? The medicine wheel, it's still there. I see. It's staying great. Yeah, that's fabulous. Mm-hmm. Good spot for that too. Yeah, it really is. So, um, okay, so you've got that two days coming up in July. Um, we talked about the turtle sculpture. Now, the TP workshops. What's uh... so the TP workshops are facilitated by all. The- different organizations and agencies in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, Ampava, TASC, Native Women's Resource Center, all of them are having uh, specific schedules 
of activities. So for drop-in workshops um, geared towards families and children. So we're inviting a lot of summer camps and uh, students to come in to learn and participate. Uh, and the te- we'll probably have, I think it's around 20 teepees mm. this year around the square. Uh, and all of the teepees are painted by youth artists. Mm. So it'll be a great opportunity to drop in, see, uh, learn something new. Mm. Uh, every, uh, whether it's drumming, uh, beating workshops, storytelling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of those things. G- going back to the turtle for a second, this 10 ton, ton turtle. Yes. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's being made of a certain kind of stone, isn't it? What's the limestone? Limestone. Mm-hmm. And the artist who, who uh, is doing this is Solomon King. Right. Yeah. Yes. So is he going to be on site for pe- answer people's questions and those kind of things? Yes. Uh, we're Both um, days we're going to have a welcoming introduction. So mm-hmm. the first day uh, we're having, starting with a sunrise ceremony at 6 o'clock, then we're having a grand entry. So we're inviting a lot of the right. dancers and drummers. Mm-hmm. Last year and again this year, we walked around the full Nathan Phillips mm-hmm. Square, mm-hmm. Um, to especially at the southwest corner to yes. kind of symbolize this is yep. where the space will be right and solomon will have another unveiling of the sculpture and be there for any type of questions um and just to meet the artist and get to know him better mm-hmm. now the turtle let's talk about that a little more if we can if i remember correctly there's something about the turtle's back mm-hmm. okay what so the turtle is a snapping turtle mm-hmm. which is um, from ontario yep. the 13 shells on the back is what one represents the lunar yeah. calendar. Right. Um, and then we're saying it represents the 11 nations in Ontario, plus mm. the Inuit Métis, mm. 13. Right. And then the 28 uh, shells surrounding yes. is the 28 days between each um, full moon. Right. And so that when it's completed, people will be able to see all of that, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. Um, is it going to be colored or is it just going to be the, the stone? It's just the stone. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and as you say, it's going to be climbing over these boulders. So that's going to be inscripted. There'll be in some kind of inscription on it. Yeah. The, the schools, the 17 schools will be inscripted right. in the boulder. Right. So showing that the turtle being significant to mother earth, mm-hmm. having a lot of, mm-hmm. uh, being in a lot of creation stories, mm-hmm. not only first nations in Canada, but around the world that is showing like adversity and, Climbing over and uh, yes. cultural resiliency. Yes. yes. Now, once this whole site is completed, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm thinking of that southwest corner. Yeah. And for people that are familiar with with uh, City Hall and Nathan Phillips Square, there's that overhead walkway that goes around that area, and mm-hmm. it's going to be that area will be underneath that walkway right isn't that walkway around that it's around it's not hover no not over no. it but it's sort yes. of on the outside of it but yes. but above it so mm-hmm. that'll be kind of cool for people to walk around and see it from above and yeah. get a sort of a different view yeah, that's a good point um what about hours of operation is it going to be because you, you mentioned is it just going to be open concept completely uh people can walk through and see at any time of day yeah so it is going to be open uh, the, there's a lodge that'll have a mm-hmm. closing door for okay. overnight, yep. and we're still working on the programming, like the maintenance, right. the right. Uh, agreement with mm-hmm. Toronto Council Fire mm-hmm. and the City of Toronto, mm-hmm. and we're hoping that the irssLegacy.com website will be the s- source for everything. So if you want to book um, an, an event space there, um, what, would like a tour, 
any an elder visiting anything um, in between in programming, that'll be the space that you could book it through. And then we'll have on-site tours, any type of sunrise ceremonies, mm. um, harvesting the plants, because mm. there are all these mm. indigenous plants there, learning how to plant. Right, right. Mm-hmm. You, there will be like a little garden there with, with real plants, three yes. sisters, among other things, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Uh, yeah. Some of the some of the uh, the um, medicines. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, um, it, it, am I right? There's something about lighting. What's is there something special about the lighting that's going to be incorporated in that? There's going to be lighting underneath the where the leading up to the turtle. Yep. Uh, there's footsteps, seven mm. footsteps mm. Uh, of the representing right. the seven grandfather teachings, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and those footsteps will be lit up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, of course, uh, you mentioned the lodge. I think you can walk completely around the lodge yes, as well. and walk through it. It's a revolving, some type of revolving door. Right. Yeah. What's, what's the total footage of the space? Do you know the size of the area? Oh, I can't recall. It's, no, I'm, I'm going to make it up. I don't, can't recall. It's a, it's a good size, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it's, is. It's not going to feel small or, mm-hmm. or confined. It's going to feel quite, yes. quite nice. Mm-hmm. Um, the lodge itself, is it going to be made of wood or what's that? Do you know what it's going to be made of? Yeah, I can't. I don't remember. I just remember from the video, something looked different about it. Mm-hmm. And, and I was thinking it looked like iron, but I thought, no, it's probably not going to be made out of iron. Yeah, that's a so. good question. Yeah, I have to look back at the notes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. Didn't mean to throw no, you off guard okay. there. <laughs> um, now, the other thing that's going on, and you have some teepees set up, of course, at the uh, the Indigenous Festival at York, Fort York this weekend mm-hmm. as well. Um, and uh, you have some teepees. Uh, and, and I... And that's going to be one of those things where people can just go and walk in and participate. And uh, I think yesterday it was pointed out by uh, Kim Wheatley that people have uh, kids can do make and takes uh, mm-hmm. from away from that as well. What are some of the other things that you, as as Toronto Council Fire, do uh, on an ongoing basis uh, to inter uh, to to work with the community? Uh, we're we're all over. Um, mm. We have five different sectors at Toronto Council Fire, and mm-hmm. we're there to help and support. Um, other organizations, their events, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's every day is a new day, and we're half our staff are somewhere mm-hmm. um, supporting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the other thing I wanted to mention because we've been talking and, and sort of talking a lot about about Toronto in this uh, in this this uh, in, in this show in terms of what you've been doing, but mm-hmm. of course uh, it is Indigenous Day coming up uh, tomorrow, the twenty first. And um, there are lots of things going on. In fact, uh, Ottawa, uh, you have a lot of things going on as well. Um, just to mention a couple of things that, that you guys have going on. Um, you can, uh, the celebration at the Canadian Museum of History, uh, the Department of Indigenous and Northern Affairs, they're going to be hosting an Indigenous People's Day celebration at the Canadian Museum of History. Uh, there's also the Aboriginal Veterans Ceremony of Remembrance, and that's going to take place tomorrow at 11 a.m. at the National Aboriginal Veterans Monument in Confederation Park. And uh, this is very cool. Ottawa gets a fly past at 11.45 of the Canadian Forces Snowbirds. Pretty cool. Oh, wow. um, so that's uh, that nine of them are going to be mm-hmm. flying pa- past. So that's very cool. Wow. And in the evening, Wabano Centre Gala. They're having a gala at the Ottawa Convention Centre. Uh, and that's uh, cool. I think that's sold out, though. And there's the Summer Solstice uh, Indigenous Festival, and that's a family-friendly arts festival at uh, Vincent Massey Park that showcases the diversity of urban Indigenous communities. So you guys have a number of things going on there. That's just a few. Oh, yeah, and there's this flag uh, raising 
flags of the uh, Algonquin Anishinaabeg Nation Tribal Council and the Algonquins of Pekwakanagan. Uh, they're going to be raised, raised at Ottawa City Hall for National Indigenous Peoples Day as well. So uh, some cool stuff going on that Ottawa has. And, you know, it's right across the country, of course, if you're not in these areas and you're listening. I'm sure there is lots of stuff going on in your area that you can check out and take part in. And, uh, and we look forward to uh, being able to uh, get down uh, tomorrow to, the, uh, to Fort York and, and participate in some of that because it is uh, Indigenous Day. We will be off tomorrow here at the radio station, just to let you know. So uh, we're going to take a short break here on Element FM, but please don't go away. We will be right back here on Moment of Truth with more. Welcome back to Element FM and Moment of Truth. You are listening in Toronto and Ottawa, 95.7 in Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto. You can also be listening on your device of choice if you have downloaded the Radio Player Canada app and have typed in 95.7 ELMNTFM or 106.5 ELMNTFM. And, of course, if you have friends, relatives, uh, etc., that would like to tune into Element FM anywhere across the country, they can do so on their device of choice by doing that. Let people know. Spread the word, please. Uh, We are an Indigenous-based radio station, but not just Indigenous-based, of course. We do share uh, across the country with many different nations, and we are happy to do so. My guest in the studio is Leanna Kanzian. She is the Communications and Research Coordinator for Toronto Council Fire Native Cultural Centre. We've been talking about a number of things that uh, they are involved with. Uh, one of the coolest things, though, that they, they have going on and that they're involved with that is going to be, come to fruition in the next couple of years is this, um, it, this Indigenous Residential School Legacy Survivors uh, site that's going to be set up at Nathan Phillips Square in Toronto and uh, last year, there was a video that was unveiled of what it's going to look like. And you can go to Council Fire website, that's councilfire.ca, to see that. Uh, as you say, it's, it's kind of like a fly-through mm-hmm. over of what this site is going to look like. There is a 10-ton turtle uh, that is going to be, uh, that is being worked on. And uh, coming up in July, you're going to be able to see that, the second uh uh, unveiling of it, I guess, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it slowly starts to come to fruition because uh, it is large. Now, the turtle is is white. It's a mock-up of the turtle, uh, but it's there to show people what it's going to look like um, it, it, or at least get an idea of what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, the turtle itself is uh, climbing over some boulders, mm-hmm. and it's going to have the inscription of, I think, the tw- 11 schools? How many schools? I'm sorry. 17. 17 schools, residential schools, of course, we're talking about. And um, and then there's other things on the back of that. You can see that. You can see the fly-through of this site when you go to watch this video. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. And there's music in that. There's It's narrated by a young woman, I believe. Ulali. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. music group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, it's pretty cool to check out. So please do that. Now, imagine a 10-ton ton snapping turtle. Yeah. And nine feet. Yes. Uh, how high is that going to sit when it's, uh, is it going to be nine feet high? Or? So including the boulder yeah. and the turtle, it's nine feet tall, wow. nine feet long, and six feet wide. Wow. Yes. That's going to be very impressive. <laughs> mm, I know. <laughs> and uh, so part of the delay with, uh, with this project is, in fact, because of the size and weight of the turtle. Because of where it sits at Nathan Phillips Square, 
Uh, it sits over top of the parking garage, which is underneath, and they had to reinforce mm-hmm. the floor and uh, base to support this massive turtle. So that's part of what's going on. Uh, but you can check all that out on, as I say, the Council Fire and the irsslegacy.com site, and you can get more information on all, all that. Uh, Leanne has been telling us about their upcoming legacy celebration in July on the 29th and 30th, and that's going to be at Nathan Phillips Square. And uh, she was just mentioning that uh, that there is a, a, a kind of like a legacy drum group or a survivor's drum group that yes. is being put together. So from last year's event, mm-hmm. the survivors that uh, gather at Toronto Council Fire, mm-hmm. they were so inspired by uh, the reaffirmation walk mm-hmm. where each individual uh, were walking along the pond to drum a uh, drum group. They decided to create their own drum group in house called the Red Bear Singers. Mm. Uh, one of the songs that they, I think so far they created three songs. One of the songs that's called Away, mm. um, it goes like, Away, Away, They Took Me Away. Mm. And it's very moving. They mm. all created their own um, red, uh, red skirts, ribbon skirts. Oh, nice. And they actually just debuted, I believe it was a week or a week ago at the first fire dance uh, showcase. Mm-hmm. The first fire is a dance group, a hip hop and indigenous dance that uh, was run out of the youth sector at Council Fire. So they were, um, that was their very first showcase. It was really awesome to see, and they mm. were so proud mm. of themselves. So they'll be um, uh, performing on July 29th, the Monday. They requested the main stage, so instead of the pond stage. So that'll be really um, moving to see. Mm. Um, and then other stage performances we have is just local artists and youth performers. Of course, we're inviting the first fire dance group. Mm-hmm. There's juniors and seniors and also the All Nations drum group that we have in-house. Mm-hmm. And we're just finalizing the schedule. So hopefully that'll be out in the next coming weeks. I believe we use the All Nation group for our opening here yes. at the radio station. Yeah. It's a good sounding group. That's I recommended them actually when I heard them oh, last that's year. Oh, awesome! So uh, yeah, that was great to have them here and be able to take part with, and be part of it with mm-hmm. us. You know, it's cool. Um, okay, that's great. So you can find out what she's talking about. Uh, what Leanne is mentioning, you can find out about by going to the site. And uh, actually, the uh, the handout that she's she's given us here for us to pass around is also what you'll see on the uh, very colorful. Uh, you can see that on the website as well and, and get yourself a printout of that if you so wish. Um, we also mentioned that, uh, that Council Fire has three uh, teepees set up uh, this weekend at the Indigenous uh, Festival at, uh, at Fort York. And uh, Element FM is actually going to be set awesome. up there too. So um, that's just some of the stuff going on this weekend. It's very exciting as we uh, get into... Uh, um, Indigenous Day celebrations and uh, June 21st and the summer. We get into summer with so much going on. Um, so, Leanne, is there anything else specifically we haven't touched on that you'd like to mention? I Just uh, last thing is we're having a marketplace. So oh, information right. booths, yeah. vendors, crafts, mm-hmm. as well as food vendors. So mm-hmm. if anyone is local or around the city, feel free to submit your application. And we're happy to have um, everyone to join us. Now, submit application on the website on the website the uh, applications available both on the website and uh we have a facebook event right. so so that could be there. that could include vendors from ottawa right yes. or anywhere or anywhere else within <laughs> listening if yes. they want to come down and participate <laughs> mm-hmm. that's cool that's great i just want to mention once more about 
the events and stuff that are going on in Ottawa um, for this uh, for tomorrow as well. So you've got the Department of Indigenous and Northern Affairs hosting a uh, celebration at the Canadian Museum of History. You also, uh, let's see, that's going to take place on the back lawn of the museum from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. or inside the Great Hall. So uh, if if that's bad weather, but I think it's going to be pretty good weather for Mm -hmm. the weekend. It's looking good. Veterans Ceremony Remembrance, Aboriginal Veterans Ceremony of Remembrance is going to take place tomorrow at 11 a.m. at the National Aboriginal Veterans Monument in in Confederation Park. There's also going to be a fly past of nine Canadian Forces Snowbirds uh, at 11.45 a.m. That's so cool. And uh, the Wabano Center uh, Aboriginal Health, they have a, a celebration and, and a, a gala going on at the Ottawa Convention Center, and I think it's sold out, but that's going on in the evening. You, there's a Summer Solstice Indigenous Festival, family-friendly arts festival at Vincent Massey Park, and that's at the, the showcase of the diversity of uh, urban Indigenous people. So there's lots of stuff going on there that you can check out. And that's actually going on from the 21st to the 24th. There you go. Three or four day event right there. And there's also, this is pretty cool, in Ottawa at City Hall, flags of the uh, Algonquin Anishinaabeg Nation Tribal Council, as well as the Algonquins of Pequotinagon First Nation, they're going to be raised at Ottawa City Hall for National Indigenous Peoples Day. So that's very cool. That's just some of the stuff going on there. And I'm sure, as we mentioned, there's lots of stuff going on if you're not in either of Toronto or Ottawa. But you can always join us at either of those two cities for the stuff that's going on. Uh, You're more than welcome, but check out your local area if uh, you're not in there and you can't make it to Toronto or Ottawa to to check out what's going on. And um, I just want to uh, say nyawa and miigwech to Liana Kanzian for coming in to speak with us today and tell us about the ongoing celebrations and things that they have going on, uh, especially with this very cool site that's coming up. And we're looking so forward to... uh, July 29th and 30th at Nathan Phillips Square, um, where, as she has mentioned, um, there's going to be also a grand entry. Uh, There's intergenerational reaffirmation walks. Uh, There's going to be the indigenous music, dance, drumming, storytelling, et cetera, et cetera. That's a two-day event. The movie night um, that she mentioned uh, is... um, We Were Children. We Were Children, yes. And again, I have seen part of that. I, I literally had to leave. Mm. It was just a little too much for me. Um, But uh, it is a worthwhile film, as most of these are, in terms of seeing what actually uh, transpired and what was uh, what's happening at uh, uh, some of these residential Mm -hmm. schools. Very powerful stuff. Mm -hmm. And I want to say say again, thanks for coming in. It's great that you're able to be here. We're happy to have you guys come back anytime and tell us about stuff that's happening with Mm. with uh, you and, and Council Fire. Awesome. Thank you so much. (laughs) You're very welcome. Uh, Don't go away if you are listening uh, in Ottawa or Toronto because we have other guests coming up. Raven Sinclair, and uh, we're also going to have someone else join us in the studio. So please stay tuned. Don't go away. We will be right back here on Element FM and talking about Trouble in the Garden, yet another Indigenous film. Don't go away. Welcome back to Element FM and Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You are listening in Toronto and Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. And you also could be listening on your device of choice if you downloaded the Radio Player Canada app and type in 95.7 ELMNTFM 
or 106.5 ELMNTFM. And uh, at this time, I'd like to welcome to our studio Roz Owen, and also I believe we have Raven Sinclair on the line. They are two people who are involved very closely with a film called Trouble in the Garden. Now, Ross was in here a while back speaking about this film, and it's a pleasure to have her back, but it's also really cool to have Raven on the line. Raven, are you there? I am. Oh, oh cool. <laughs> Raven, where are you calling from this morning? Saskatoon. Oh, nice. And how's, yeah. the, how's Saskatoon this fine day, weather-wise? <laughs> Oh, how's the weather? Yeah. It's really, really great for Saskatchewan, so we're all happy. Great. Oh, good. Um, Good. It's really nice to have both of you on the phone to be able to discuss this film. And, and of course, we were were, uh, talking about this film and and the fact that you guys were going to be coming in to talk about the film, about collaboration in terms of why that is important. But um, before we get to that, perhaps... If uh, if you don't mind, could one of you set this film up for us a little bit in terms of for those people that may not have seen it yet? Yeah. Um, okay. w- would one of you mind just setting the film up for us a little bit? Um, well, Trouble in the Garden is a film that that I wrote. Um, it was inspired by um, a, a story that a family member of mine had been through because she was uh, she's a sixty scoop survivor. And I, I realized I, I knew very little about this country when I started hearing her story. So um, I needed to have somebody who, who knew about the 60s scoop inside out. And there was nobody better than Raven Sinclair, who I'd heard on CBC actually talking, talking about the 60s scoop. And as she says, I cold called her and we began talking and she became the, my key collaborator on this film. So it's a story about a, a young woman who's been estranged from her adoptive family for many years. Her brother, though she doesn't know this at the time, is a real estate agent uh, selling houses on the land that she's protesting. And so, and it turns out she, she burns an injunction, gets thrown in jail, and he bails her out, mm-hmm. the last person she'd expected to see. Yeah. Um, Raven, I understand you have a, a direct relationship to the 60s scoop. I do. Yeah, I was. Um, I'm a I'm a product of the child welfare system. I was apprehended in 1965, along with eight, could have been nine siblings, and uh, yeah, I mean it, it had a profound effect on all of our lives. So, um, yeah, that's part of my my background, and then you know I'm an academic as well. Mm. So I. I've sort of, you know, cast my academic eyes on on child welfare in Canada. So uh, when uh, when you were approached uh, by Ross about this and, and working on this, um, did you have any concerns? Were you open to the idea right away? How did it hit you? Because it is a very personal topic, first of all, and it's a very delicate topic. I don't know about delicate. Mm. I mean, you know, reality is reality. Mm. <laughs> Sometimes it's not pleasant. Sometimes it's it's mm. really great. But you know, I remember the day I was sitting um, at my dining room table with my computer all set up because I was think I think I was in the middle of some report or something. And so Roz called, and um, you know, I was sort of half listening, and then and then the more she talked, the more I paid attention, and I started to get really interested. And I just, you know, she was talking about 
wanting me to consult with her and make sure she was doing this film in the right way. And I, I just said, I kind of blurted out, well, why don't you send me the script if you're willing? And she, she kind of, she was like really eager to do that. Mm-hmm. So she sent it and I started to read it and I just, I, I couldn't stop. It was like a good novel that you can't put down. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I really, I just loved it. Um, we had a talk with, you know, we talked a fair bit in, 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 you know, the days after that. And I said that I really enjoyed it, but I could tell that it was um, written by a non-Indigenous person. Mm. There, were, there were just some subtle nuances that really needed, some work that really needed to be done on it. In terms of some of the dialogue, even in terms of some of the, you know, the scenes and the tweaking of scenes. scenes. And so, I mean, I'm not a playwright. I've never done this before, but I said, you know, would you willing be willing to... Um, entertain the idea of me providing some edit suggestions. And I mean, Roz has just been so, she's been so great. She was so great all the way through. Um, she was totally open. And so I, yeah, we, we went over it. several iterations of revising various various parts. And, you know, I had some great ideas that she included in terms of dialogue, include, including scenes. Um, and then some ideas that, you know, there wasn't room for or they just didn't fit. And so I think that, you know, in the end, it was really a great collaboration. And I, the most significant thing to me was where we sort of had a meeting of minds was that we both, um, Ross said to me, you know, I really want, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of following this theme of this, excuse me, of this film that I really love and it's... Um, well, Roz, I'm going to pass it over to okay, you. Okay, well, that was the, that was, well, actually, that was when I first started speaking to you because I... There's a film called Celebration by Thomas Vinterberg, a Danish film. And I, th- I said, you probably won't know this because so few people know this film. It's a really low-budget film. And Raven said, oh, my God, I love that film. I have to mm-hmm. see that film every six months. <laughs> and that was, that was, to me, I just thought, oh, my God, I found my collaborator. Mm-hmm. Because, that, because you, your ideas are, were always really strong, Raven, but it's also you're coming, you're coming from a place like a – Something that that grounded us from the beginning, and I think it, when you when you find your collaborator, it's because you found the right person, and you, and you had all these insights that I didn't have in terms of being a non-indigenous person, not knowing that world mm-hmm. uh, that you that you could bring to it. That all I wanted to do was make an authentic film, and and that was and so that's why that relationship has been so important because it's so easy yeah. to get it wrong. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, and yet, and yet, there was sort of a magical meeting of minds in terms of me bringing the uh, the survivor perspective, the indigenous perspective, um, you know, knowledge about protocols and those sorts of things, and your your expertise in screenwriting and you know directing and all the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for me, yeah. it was. No, we were very. I, f- I feel very lucky to have found you. I've always felt that since that very first phone call, actually. And then we went out, we had a screening in Saskatoon that, that Raven organized mm. that was the best of all screenings. I, mm. Maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> but it was so lovely. There was, it was a, such an impassioned audience. And it, it is a film that people really need to talk about. It's, um, you know, I, th- I think we'd always hoped that we could do more of these things together. It's just been hard to finance it, really. But people want to talk about it. There are Indigenous people who feel that their stories being told in terms of their experience with the 60s scoop. There are non-Indigenous audiences. A lot of them didn't know about the 60s scoop. 
And so actually maybe, Raven, you're, you could just say something about the 60s scoop because it's, um, it's not just the 60s. It went into 1985 mm-hmm. in, in terms of what happened to people being apprehended. Raven, before you before you start that, if you don't mind, what I'd like to do, because people have heard a little bit about the film, they've heard a little bit about you working together. Yeah. Uh, we understand now that we have an Indigenous and a non-Indigenous person working on this film. Uh, Raven, you told us a little bit about your personal life in terms of being a, a, a part of the 60s scoop. You mentioned also you were an academic. I'm wondering if you can just expand a little bit more uh, for our audience in terms of yourself and your background, because I'd like to get a little more background of, from both of you. Um, it, it, and I'll talk with, with Roz a little bit more about her background, where she comes from, just so we can get a sense of, of both of you before we move in to talking a little bit more about the film, if that's okay. Sure. Yeah. So um, I, I come from a Cree family in Saskatchewan. Um, I belong to George Gordon First Nation and... Um, my whole family came into contact uh, with the child welfare system in, you know, in the in the early 60s. So that was kind of, you know, at the start of things, um, the real increase in apprehension of kids across the country. Um, pretty soon after my adoption, um, my placement, we moved to West Germany. So I started school there, came back uh, to Canada, um, and then primarily was raised in Ontario, uh, Toronto, and Kingston. So I was really, you know, dislocated. Um, I didn't see my family until I was 27. Um, you know, my experience was, my foster experience was horrible. Was, um, my adoption experience was, it was, it was pretty good in some respects, but in other, in other respects, it was, it was also pretty uh, traumatic. I experienced, I mean, I, so I was, you know, um, grew up in a fairly privileged environment, and I was usually the only Indigenous kid in my context. And so I experienced daily bullying and racism and discrimination and name calling and physical, you know, physical abuse and those sorts of things. And it it traumatized me. And so when I became a young adult, I mean, I dropped out of high school because I just couldn't tolerate the social isolation. Um, But at the same time, I grew up in an academic family. My father was a professor of theology, a Rhodes Scholar, pretty brilliant man. And, you know, something about who he was and the way he lived his life you know, I sort of in, internalized that that's that's who I wanted to be. <laughs> that's how I wanted to live. Mm. And, um, you know, so as a high school dropout, it's like, how are you going to go to university? Uh, but I went to the transitional year program at the University of Toronto, and, and I just stayed in university basically ever since. That was in the early 80s. And um, right from the start, my interest was in finding out not only what happened to me in terms of the child welfare system, but but you know what was this whole thing about Indians in Canada? Because I didn't learn anything. I didn't. I didn't grow up with any sort of, you know, language, community, culture. I grew up basically, you know, the way most Canadians grew up, which is um, stereotypes and um, very, very limited to no information at all about who Indigenous people are. And uh, and I needed to find out sort of my own search for identity. And I just. You know, I just kept searching and um, and learning, um, and then you know, I, I found myself uh, eventually having a PhD, um, starting to teach in university. And I mean, in that whole process, there was a long period where I needed to do pretty intense recovery work. Mm. And um, yeah, I think that serves me really well. So now I, I really sort, of, I really combine. I mean, I draw upon all of those experiences in the work that I do. And I do, you know, I, I, I do keynotes and I, I do workshops. I do, yeah. 
kind of recovery work. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I find myself moving into, as well as creative works like this, because in in the arts, there's a way of ex- of expressing that that is new is relatively new to me. I mean, I was pretty, you know, pen and pencil academic <laughs> most of the grindstone, and so you know, in recent years, um, with with a documentary, with a film, um, I started to, I mean, write poetry and and so on. It's it's a really important aspect of of life that I think is is really significant. Everyone should do something creative. Mm. Um, but it's also helping me to articulate all of my experiences in in sort of a slightly in a different way in a more nuanced way. And uh, I mean, I could tell my story for days and days, but I think <laughs> in a nutshell, that that's where I'm going to start. Okay, that's great. Thank you for sharing. Well, I think that with the us. thing is, you've, you're you're very articulate, and I've 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 said this before, but to me, you're a wordsmith. You're somebody who's really, because I know when we worked on the script, it's some of the dialogue lines are, are ravens, the funny ones, right? And so that you have that, you've got that skill, and whether or not you were using it or not, as an academic, though you probably were too, because <laughs> you have to, but because you're teaching. Yeah. Okay, Raz, uh, can you just uh, tell us a little bit about your background? You're from the UK originally, I understand. I, I'm from the UK. I came here when I was eight. In fact, my mother was a social worker, um, and we lived in Owen Sound. And um, I, one of the one of the memories that always still stays with me is being in the car with her when she was apprehending a a, a child from a home. And her bringing this baby into the into the car, and having thinking, how, if if this could happen to this baby, it could happen to me. And why would somebody give their baby away? Like, would my mother give me away? And I mean, that's as as children, that's how we think. You know, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. A, about us, really. Mm-hmm. But it was a you know, I was very very um, scared for this baby. I remember, I remember that, and. Uh, so, so I guess it, in some ways, you know, we've got these themes in our lives, that, things that happen to us that, that make us want to tell certain stories. And certainly when I had my own son, Lucas, I, I, I realized that the love was so profound that if somebody was to take him away from me, I would, I would never survive it. I would be devastated. And I think that and... You know, there's certain things that make you want to tell these stories, right? And and you know, now with 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 Trump on the border and people coming from from uh, South America and their children being taken away, it's just it's the cruelest thing you could ever do to anybody. So mm-hmm. that was so. There's story. I guess the story comes from certain experiences in your life like that. Um, I mean, I I was brought up with you know a very loving family, so I've been you know very blessed like that. But I guess I moved a lot when I was a child. We moved sort of on average every year until I was in high school. Um, so I'd been to school a year. And, and so I was often, I was very aware of being an outsider and very aware of what it was like to see people from the out, from the outside coming in. And I think that's been a very, it was, you know, a bit hard at the time but I think in some ways as, as a filmmaker it's a great uh, gave me a great storytelling ability because I was always the new kid 
So, so I don't know. Mm. That's a bit about me. Yeah. No, I appreciate you you sharing that, uh, Raven. When you hear, and I'm sure that that Roz has shared that story about about what she just said about being a child and and her mother's you know apprehending this child and bringing her into the car. Uh, when when you first heard that story, as as someone directly involved with the 60s scoop and someone that was could have could have been that baby how does that make you feel or what did went through your mind um i you know i understood it you know as children I, you know i was the one being apprehended mm-hmm. um when i was a child and i have you know it's, it's it's so interesting how we as children interpret and understand what's happening i didn't know what was happening and I just sort of went along with everything, and and I didn't mind being in the you know the receiving home um, in Saskatoon when I was four because the social workers were nice. Mm. You know everything was clean. We were really poor, right? mm. so it was kind of nice to be in in this nice place. And um, you know I can still remember little rows of sinks where we would stand on these little stools and wash our hands after eating. And so there were. You know, I saw things through a, through a child's eye and experienced them that way, interpreted that, them that way. But then at some point, when I went into the foster home where it was a very cruel place, I and the trauma set in. My, then my responses changed. It was no longer good. It was it was it was excruciating. Every day was excruciating. And um, and again, you know, as a child, you don't sort of question it. You just you just react a certain way. So I developed, you know, certain defenses. I became hypervigilant. I became very weary. Um, I think probably I developed a really low sort of affect, you know, sort of mm-hmm. emotional expression was limited. Um, yeah, I, I became very cautious and, and fearful. Um, and then in my adoptive home, again, it was this sort of crazy mix of really good um, but not great experiences as well. And so... So that uh, that turmoil prevailed, and you know, again, I didn't really question it. I thought I thought this is the way life was. Mm. It wasn't until I was an adult that I thought, you know, something's wrong here. And then a friend, you know, one day I was telling her about some of the dark dreams I was having, and she said, "Oh, Raven, you need therapy." <laughs> and so she gave <laughs> the number of her, her card for her therapist, and I went and I basically grieved for for years, but the next twelve years. I uh, I grieved and really, you know, worked hard. At, I mean, overall, the, I think my recovery took 25 to 30 years. And it took 30 years from the time I was 27 until, you know, within the last couple of years for me to reattach to my sibling. Mm. My parents are both gone by now, but um, to, to actually regain that sibling, that love and affection. And I told them I had to stop loving you. I had to to survive. And so then to read, to, to be able to love love your family again, um, that's a tough that's a tough process. It's like is this safe? Mm. <laughs> wow. I'm fifty thinking, you know, fifty five thinking, okay, well maybe it's okay. Maybe it's safe to love them because no one's gonna come and take me away again. <laughs> right? Wow. Yeah. Uh now I'm for sharing that. That was uh it, I appreciate it, that. It's interesting to me how many sort of similarities but in different realities almost that that Roz and I have. And, uh, you know, it's no surprise to me that she, I moved around every year as well. And so did Roz. And maybe, maybe out of those sorts of adversities in life, uh, spring creativity. 
I know, think it can. I mean, I think it, you can see, you can look on the downside of it, but on the upside of it, you can It it gives you an 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 outsider's perspective. Like I always knew that the 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 girl who wanted to be my best friend on the first day that was trouble. <laughs> like it's funny yeah. little things, right? But you you kind of like you you learn certain skills that you mm. wouldn't have otherwise. Mm. That's yeah. interesting. That's so funny, Roz, because for me, when I when I meet strangers who want to like. They're very effusive and they want to run up and give me a hug. It's like, hang on, that's danger. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That is funny. Isn't that interesting? Now, Raven, you just said something very interesting, though. You said you you mentioned similarities and you guys are now discussing things here. And I'm just wondering, uh, you know, trying to to move this forward in terms of the collaboration on this film and, uh, and, and that story that was shared about your mother and you as a child. And and Raven being that child that could have been a duck, uh, uh, you know, could yeah. have been one of those children. Uh, it, it seems to me like that maybe is is a was a bonding for you guys somehow. Uh, if that makes any sense. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I. I. It's certainly something. Yeah. I don't know how to say. I, I. I do like now as a grown up. I look at it and think, oh my god, you know, my mum is a really loving person, but she just come from England, knew nothing mm. about indigenous mm. people. And I, I, that's I think that it was an indigenous person mm. in my memory, but I don't, mm. I don't know. So, so I, guess, right? I guess what I'm saying is that 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 it was a it was a, an area where you guys both connected somehow. It was a, it was something that that you both could relate to, as as uh, Raven you pointed out, and yeah. and and maybe it just lowered the walls a little bit for both of you to start opening up and talking more and being able to say, hey, yeah, this is somebody I can I can share with. This is somebody I well, can. Well, maybe, do but this I don't with. even know if we talked about that for a time. <laughs> I, you know, it's okay, really yeah, funny. Yeah. I don't know when we talked about that okay. story, but it was late. I I think we just it was the project, mm. like that we we mm. were both involved. Well, in whether, right. whether the story was shared or not. Those yeah. experiences were there when you were talking. Yes, well, true? that's probably true. Yeah. That's that's very true. Yeah. Sorry, Raven, you were you were going to say something? Yeah, for me it was um, what really. Oh, Uh-oh. hello. We've lost you. Oh, we lost Raven. Raven. I sound a little simplistic. Oh, but... oh, sorry, Raven. Can you repeat that? We lost you for a moment. Oh no, I'm here. Can you hear me? We oh, can. now can, we can. Yeah, now can we you can. just repeat what you were saying there, please? Sure. For me, it was um, the celebration, that film, um, that, that connection, because, yeah. and it might sound a little bit simplistic, but um, the film was, I mean, well, I'm not kidding when I say I watch it every six months, sometimes more, and I still do. Yeah, isn't um, that interesting? The way that it's told, the, the power of the story, um, you know, and, and just, just, the, um, just the whole sort of how it was done, it was like, there was something in in the telling of that story that that resonated for us, resonated for me, and it was like it was like a language, and it was like I knew that she, I just knew what she wanted to do, mm. and I was just totally in because I really wanted a way. Um, I, I I probably wouldn't have just told, done this with anybody, but but because of the film as sort of that framework, the artistic framework, the vision, um, I trusted. I trusted what Roz wanted to do with the story, mm. and um, you know I don't want to give anything away, but but it's it makes it it makes it really profound and challenging. Uh, but there's but there's a ray of there's a ray of hope in there. There's there's a light that comes yeah. through. I think I think it really was, 
And the other the other thing that I think really that that was the buy-in for me was that Roz, um, you know, in her family, she had a, a scoop person. And, you know, as an academic, I was trying to sort of see the big picture of issues. And, you know, I've mostly written about the scoop from the survivor perspective. And, mm. and I realized here was an opportunity to engage in a project where uh, we could have, you know, sort of multiple lenses, mm. a pan-African approach to this, this issue. And it's really been profound for me because I'm now, maybe just from, from doing this film, I find myself, people are approaching me who really want a more sort of balanced, um, you know, articulation of what happened. Because, you know, there were really good people out there who adopted kids and fostered Indigenous kids. Mm. So it wasn't it wasn't all bad. And I really want to, you know, I really want to honor those people. Mm. And I feel intense gratitude because, you know, the child welfare system is, is a really, we're fortunate to have it. It's, it's, it. Often it does what it's supposed to do, which is, you know, intervene when children are in need of protection and love and caring and nurturing. Um you know, it, it went off the rails in some regards with Indigenous kids, and I think that it still, excuse <clears throat> me, it still is. Um, but I think it's important to have, for, for me, it's always been important to have that that big perspective and, and look at all sides, not just one side, because then you skew the issue, and people only learn one truth as opposed to many. And I couldn't do that. I would never be able to do that all by myself. Sorry, Raven, I have to jump in because we're quickly running out of time. In fact, oh, we now are out it? of time. That's pretty much it. Can oh. you quickly tell people where they can go to see this oh, film? Well, There's something the film coming is up on playing this Sunday um, June at, at 23rd. the Oakville. Yeah, June 23rd at the Oakville Film Festival. Um, yeah. And then it's also playing um, at, on Manitoulin Island at the Wingashuk. Check out more about the film at Trouble in the Garden online. I'm sure people yeah. can check that out. Thank you both for joining us today. Now and Miigwech. It's great having you both. Oh, I hope we can do this again. great to talk to you, both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Bye. I also want to say Nyawa Miigwech, Wanishi, and thank you to everyone who helps put Moment of Truth together. They include in Ottawa, Jill Kennedy, Aidan Wolf, and Caroline O'Neill. In Toronto, Janet Lamb, Andrew Johnson, Luca Capone, Kathy Zabokin, Bruce Barber, Andrew St. Germain. Nyawa Miigwech, and thanks for listening. This show was brought to you in part by APTN.